Welcome to the I Don't Give a Should show, a podcast exploring all the ways that women should all over themselves. How many times do you find yourself acting out of obligation or doing what everyone else expects from you without stopping to consider why? Where do all those beliefs that are driving you come from? If you're tired of feeling resentful, overwhelmed, stuck, exhausted, or pissed off, you are in the right place. Shooting all over yourself is a real thing, but it doesn't have to be in the driver's seat. I'm your host, Jen Sherwood, and I spent way too many years trying to prove that I was good enough and worrying what other people thought while avoiding conflict at all costs. Today, I don't give a shit. Well, not as many anyway, and neither should you. I'm talking to women like you who figured out how to stop shooting and start living. You're listening to the I Don't Give a Should Show, episode number 20. So today, my guest is Jen Liddy. I'm so excited to have Jen here with us. After learning how to entrepreneur from the inside out, you know, by trial and error, Jen Liddy decided to help women entrepreneurs avoid the pitfalls and frustrations that keep them from making money in their business. Her expertise as a business development coach helps women save time and energy and make more money with systems and clarity that reduce chaos and increase client flow without a one-size-fits-all strategy. I'm so happy she's here. And look, you guys, we're both named Jen. We figured out at some point we're born in the same year and we're both married to men named John. So it was inevitable that we would be friends. So please help me welcome Jen. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. I love talking with you, Jen. I love talking with you too. And I know your experience is going to be so valuable to the women who are listening. So if you don't mind, let's just jump right in. Are you ready? Absolutely. Yes. So can you just tell us about your experience when you were living under the shoulds? Well, I think I'd like to say that I don't live under the shoulds anymore, but I do. I still do because (laughs) I'm human. And so I'm not going to pretend like I don't should all over myself. It's something that I struggle with. I'm just highly aware of it in a way that maybe I wasn't before. Mm. You know, I think about, oh my God, so many things, right? Like I think about how many years I woke up hating my body because I should be a size whatever, whatever the size was that I wasn't, right? And just how much energy I spent shooting all over myself about the size that I was or the weight that I was or going into a meeting when I had a job as a teacher and feeling like I should have said this or I shouldn't have said that. And then walking away from a meeting, beating myself up thinking like, oh, I sounded like such an idiot or I wish I had said that thing because nobody else said it. Yeah. And so I think what we're talking about ultimately is this thickness of second guessing ourselves, no matter what we do. And I yes. did that forever. I mean, I always second. And if when people meet me, they're very surprised to hear this because I come off as very confident and I, I am confident and I am strident and I am direct. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I definitely still have those thoughts about should I do something or shouldn't I do something? It still weighs on me, but it just doesn't weigh on me as much as it used to. So I don't want to pretend like I've eradicated the shooting. It's just not as noisy as it was. 
oh, Jen, I love that you just said this. I love this so much because I do think we have this expectation like, well, okay, done and done, fix that, I'm out of here. And you're right, that's just not true, but it is how it impacts you now. So the idea that the thought, should I or shouldn't I, would never occur to you again, that's just genius, right? I love that you said you are confident, but you still think about these things. But it sounds like to me, if I'm hearing you correctly, sure, it comes up, but you don't ruminate on it. And you don't look at it afterwards every 10 minutes while you're trying to fall asleep about what I should have, could have, would have. Now it's just, what's the decision? And most probably most of the time move on from that. I'm sure it's normal. It's human to second guess yourself, just not staying stuck in that second guessing. Yeah. The ruminating, the perseverating, the beating yourself up, the the invisible whipping, that's mostly gone. It's very freeing to have it mostly be gone. But I, I'll tell you some of the things that, that happen. Oh my gosh. Last week I was with my best friends. They're another couple. And we were talking about finances and I was talking about the dreams for my business. And these are people I have known for 13 years. Mm. And we were just having a really open conversation about income. And, and I was specifically speaking about like my dreams. And I am really proud of what I accomplished in my business last year. And we were talking about that. And don't I come home and the shame and the shoulds start to wash over me. Like you shouldn't be talking like that. They're going to think you're such a jerk. They're going to think you're so arrogant. You made it all about yourself. You're just, you know, the shooting and the shaming, it washed over me. Yeah. And these are not strangers to me, right? So what happened? Well, I didn't stay in that space very long because I have strategies that help me move out of it. One of them is to remember like these are my best friends and we talk about this stuff all the time. They're not judging me. They're probably happy for me if anything. So like yeah. kind of putting things into perspective in reality. The second thing is when I feel shitty or shamey, I will actually, instead of like telling myself and in a noisy story in my head, I'm much more likely to reach out to that person and say something like, I've really been thinking about what we talked about and I'm worried that it came off like this. I just wanted to let you know that X, Y, and Z, and this is what I'm thinking about. So rather than having going on in my head, I just kind of bring it back to the source and say, hey, did I perceive this wrong? So I will be much more oh likely. <laughs> Sorry, please. Okay. When we were emphasizing that point, <laughs> this is what you want to do. No, please go ahead. You were talking <laughs> you were talking okay. about going back to that person. I, you yes. know, here we are, live like, recording. How many times do we have this story that we tell about like some interaction or, and, and we never clarify it. So I'm much yeah. more likely to go clarify it. And I think doing those two things, like reminding myself that what I'm talking to myself about is ridiculous. And then if it really can't stop it, then I circle back around to the source and sometimes I do need to do a third thing, which is to talk about it with somebody else who can kind of mirror for me and give me a different perspective of like, you know, is that really true? Is that, and if it is true, so what? I have a, yes. a very good friend who she and I do this for each other. We, the, the tool is called, and, and then what, you know, and mm. then she'll say, so, you know, you had this conversation about money and the money that you made last year and what you want to make in the next year. And they judged you for it. And then what happened, right? And so then it helps me just unpack it. So I when the shoulds, this. yeah, when the shoulds start to open up on me, which they do, I just tend to use one of those tools. 
So this is so interesting because it just occurred to me. I love your tools, by the way. I don't want to gloss over that. But what you just said, that money piece is just another should. There's all this shame in our society. Oh, you shouldn't talk about money. You just shouldn't. And yet you're working your tail off to grow this business that you love, that you're proud of, that is making a difference. Hand up right here. It's making a difference for women who want to make a difference in their lives. So it's this domino effect of goodness out in the world. And yet there is this idea in our society, you don't talk about it. So when you're honestly celebrating what's good in your life with really trusted friends, it can still come up. And so I think it's great that you're sharing it because other people just might feel like, well, I just suck. That's why it comes up for me. But Jen Liddy is super successful. So it doesn't come up for her, right? I, you can see how people would do that. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. I, but I love how you work through this and these tools you're talking about. I'm curious, Jen, how many times have you gone back to the person to clarify and they've said, oh yeah, you sucked. That was <laughs> awful for me. Like maybe there was, but I'm guessing, actually, I won't say my guess. I'll let you tell me how often do they really think what you were thinking? No, most of the, I, I really can't even think of an example where the person was like, yeah, you really were a jerk. You know, the, I, I really can't think of a time when the person did that. And there are definitely times where I have been a jerk, but no, it's never, that's never been the thing for me. No, it's always like you misread that or you're being too hard on yourself or you're just like, what you hear, what I hear a lot from people is, oh, I never even gave it a second thought. That's exactly what I was thinking. How many times does somebody say, I don't even know what you're talking about? I didn't even remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because we think about ourselves so much more than anybody thinks about us. It's very humbling. People are not thinking about us very much. (laughs) And the other (laughs) thing I have found... Yes. But the other thing I have found is, and this is kind of, I had to figure this out for myself. I used to be an incredibly judgy person of other people and judgy people always, they first start with judging themselves. Yes. But if you're a judgy person, first of all, it's a hard sucky thing to admit, but if you're a judgy person, you're always looking at people and judging them and thinking about them. The very first thing you think is that other people must be doing it about you. They're mostly not like, they're really not thinking about you that much. Cause we're so busy thinking about ourselves. Yeah. Well, and what other and, people think of us. <laughs> and, what other, and the other side of that coin is I love to say, you know, you might as well just do what you want to do because people are going to judge you. We're human. We judge everything that's happening every single day. So do you want to hide and be small and worry about what people are going to judge you for, or just do it and let them judge you anyway? Yeah. 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 So Jen, what would you say helped you get to this place where you were able to bring in these three tools? Before that, I imagine things were very different for you. What helped you get here? A couple of things. One is I happen to be surrounded by people who should all over themselves to a more extreme than I did, I think. like I have some people in my life who have definitely gotten lost in really caring what other people think. Like it's been so heavy for them. It's weighted them down, I guess. Yeah. And so a very important piece for me was looking at them and saying, I don't want that. I don't want that for myself. So I, so seeing it in other people and saying, and and saying, I don't want to choose that. So what do I have to do differently? Nice. Was one thing, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Sure. In fact, 
my best friend and I have very, very open conversations about this. She's a person who will admit, and she and I have done interviews about it. She's more of a people pleaser than I am. So I'm more of a silent people pleaser. She's more of an overt people pleaser. Oh, interesting. I never thought about the the difference between those two. Yeah. (laughs) And when she's in her pleasing mode, she says yes to everybody and everything. I'm much more likely in a, like a reaction to being the opposite of that, I'm much more likely to say no. Right. So I really have much stronger boundaries. So now I want to back up a little bit. And obviously you don't have to say who these influences were, but are we talking that from a fairly young age, you were able to see what you didn't want. And so you've never been sort of an overt people pleaser. This has sort of been the, the route that you took your whole life. My people pleasing show it is, but my people pleasing shows up much more in the I have to be perfect thing mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. letting let me do for you and do for you and do for you. Like it shows more like oh, I have to I have to strive to be perfect for myself. It's really less about meeting other people's expectations and much more about meeting my insane expectations of myself. <laughs> Yes. So that's Aren't what I think I mean by a silent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. So okay. for you, it's this inner striving so that I'm thinking about the days when you were a teacher, you probably never let a parent down. You probably went out of your way to make sure the principals and the higher ups in the district were always, your work was always stellar. So it was striving for them, but that was solely internally driven. And so you were making these, whereas your best friend, or I'm an overt people, actually I'm both, but that overt in case somebody doesn't know what we're talking about is that like, I will say yes to everything, whatever you need me to do, because I really want you to like me and see me as perfect and valuable. Those are the two ways. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And then, so you saw what you didn't want and I think it sounds simple what you're saying, but if you've been sort of planted in this for a long time, then deciding to go a different route. I wonder if you tried a few routes that didn't work (laughs) out so well. Probably. One of the biggest things I remember is years after this being in a partnership, a business partnership with that best friend, and she's the external people pleaser and I'm the internal people pleaser. We're both being on both sides. Yes. And we're both beating the hell out of ourselves. And I I would have such strong boundaries in a reaction to not being an external people pleaser. Right. So I would be often like the one who would say no, or like put up a boundary or some sort. Later on, many years later, we were talking about it. And she said, I always thought, how could you be so selfish? Mm, Wow. And I can understand from her perspective that that's what it looks like. And from my perspective, it was like literally self-preservation. That is such an interesting insight into how each person operates that piece of, yeah, if you're saying no, you're being selfish. Your internal people pleaser must've driven her overt people pleaser crazy because she probably wanted to do everything extra to make everybody happy in here. You're like, nope, no, doesn't work. And then vice versa, right? Like her external people pleaser drove me crazy because I'm like, if you would just make different decisions, your life yes. wouldn't be so hard. Yes. Yes. And people wouldn't walk all over you. I can totally hear the conversations in both of your minds. And what a gift that you have such a good friendship that she could say that to you, mm-hmm. that you guys don't have that sort of hidden in the background of your friendship. 
no, that's one of the benefits of having somebody who, you know, you can say anything to, and it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, Jen, knowing that I was instantly attracted to your work. I mean, when we met, I liked you, I liked your work. I would imagine you have other clients who are extreme people pleaser living under the should. So I'm curious how you moving past the shoulds has influenced who you work with and how you work. People who are drawn to work with me are usually highly creative. They kind of live in the ethers. It's a lot of ideas that drive them. They're very passionate, but they have a really hard time having the rubber meet the road because it's very scary because you know, when the rubber meets the road, you have to say no to certain things. And for those people, it's really hard to put boundaries in place. So in my work, I would say probably at the beginning of my business, I was much more, I won't say rigid, but I was probably much more like, you need boundaries, you need boundaries, you need boundaries. Now I'm probably more gentle in how I help them get there, understanding that it's not easy for my people to do what I do. And often they'll find like, if they ask something of me and I'll say, yes, they'll say, really? Are you sure? Are you sure? And it's like, I have to model for them. If I didn't want to say yes, I wouldn't say yes. Mm, yeah. they, they, they learn that I have strong boundaries. You are good at that. You are really good at modeling that for your people. I have seen it in action. I have appreciated it. And um, what Jen describes is exactly who I am. And so, uh, <laughs> so we have a good connection. We're good yin and yang the way you and your friend are, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have, because presumably we don't just have entrepreneurial women watching this right now. So do you have a piece of advice for someone who is struggling with this right now? You gave your three strategies, which is great. So it could be, you know, just Mm -hmm. use those, but um, anything else you might want to throw out there for women who really struggle with, and actually, let me be clear about what it is they struggle with. It's not doing what they think they should be doing, but really thinking about what they want or what they need and considering themselves instead of just responding to what's expected? I think that's the hardest question because I'll sometimes when I'm working with a new client, I'll say, you know, well, what do you want? And they often have no idea because they just have not factored themselves into the equation in years. Yeah. And the first thing I would say is if this is all resonating with you and you feel depleted all the time, and if somebody asks you like, what do you want for dinner? And you can't even ever come up with an answer or the answer is always, I don't care. What do you want? Mm, yeah. The, the very first thing is to please be gentle with yourself and just like that awareness piece. I always say awareness is the first piece because you can't make any changes until you see all the ways in which you give yourself over so easily, which you're bending over backwards to maybe where the point you're like breaking. Right. So that would be the very first thing is to be gentle with yourself during the awareness process. Yeah. And the awareness process can take a really long time, yeah. like a frustratingly long time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, and I, then when you, um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Please. No, finish what you're going to say. And then once you become aware, somehow we have this expectation like, oh, now I know what this is about and now mm-hmm. I'm never going to do it again. But that's just not the way it works. You're going to fall in to the trap over and over and over again. So if you can kind of lovingly say, isn't that interesting? There I am doing that again. Oh, aren't I fascinating? There I am saying yes when I mean no. Yeah. So those are the 
two things that they, they require a gentleness that we often can't do for ourselves. I would totally agree. And I find myself saying this pretty much anytime I teach or work with a client that like what we're working on. So that awareness piece, that's not fodder for you to beat yourself up because there's just no point in becoming aware of how you operate. If what you're going to do with that is then turn it around and beat yourself up with it. You might as well just live with it in the background if you, you know, cause you're going to beat yourself up. Yes. Anyway. But yes. yeah, that gentleness. And I like what, how you phrase that expression of, oh, how fascinating am I? Look at this. <laughs> I love encouraging women to look with curiosity. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Let's just get in there. Let's see what's going on because what's going on right now isn't working. So why not approach this with curiosity and find out what's happening? I love that. Thank you, yeah. Jen. You're hey, so is there anything else that I forgot to ask or that you'd like to share before we wrap up? Well, well what was thing? I mean, it's not pretty. The journey is not pretty or easy. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you have your best friend tell you, I thought you were selfish. Yeah. Like, those things are hard to hear. Or even when you see it yourself and you're like, whoa, gross. I hate yeah. this part of myself. It requires a strength, but I know that every single woman has that strength because you are already doing hard, crappy, difficult, mm-hmm. challenging things every day. And so if you're already doing hard things, you might as well do something hard that actually moves you toward what you want. Yes. Yes. You're, I love this. Okay. You're already doing hard, crappy things. Why not do the hard, crappy thing that's going to get you towards what you want? And it's not crappy the whole time, right? I love that you're sh- right. saying this. Like, right. it's not roses. You're not going to work on yourself and it's going to be, you know, skipping along. It takes effort. It takes awareness. But why not do the hard lifting, the hard work to get you where you want to go? Brilliant, Jen. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And this has just been fascinating. And and you're giving me different ways of thinking about this too, which is what I love about doing these interviews. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate it. How can people get in touch with you, stay connected to you? Where should we direct them so they can get some Jen Liddy in their life? It's very easy. I'm on the socials at Jen Liddy Coach. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, I'm probably on LinkedIn too, but I'm never there. <laughs> Just don't I'm go on there. Pinterest. I'm on TikTok. I'm not, I'm not on TikTok. I'm on uh, YouTube. I'm if we're on TikTok. <laughs> no, I don't have <laughs> And then I have a website, jenliddy.com. jenliddy.com. Jen Liddy Coach on all the socials, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. You guys go find her. She's fantastic. <laughs> I think you can tell from here. My good friend, Jen Liddy, thank you so, so thank much for being Jen. here. So this nice is so fun. And it was great to um, really get your perspective and share that. Hey friend, if you recognize yourself in these stories and you don't want to give a should anymore, you have to join my coaching community, the GC. Come learn the tools to recognize when fear and worry are running the show and how to shift into more of what you want without guilt or blowing up your life. Unless, of course, that's what you want. Inside the GC, you'll learn strategies to start making yourself a priority. Stop saying yes when you mean no. Have hard conversations and so much more. And you get to do this with a group of women who are making the same changes in their lives and are there to support you, not judge you. It's a seriously warm, safe space where genuine connections are made. The GC is where doubt and loneliness meet their match. You can get all the info at jennifersherwood.com slash the GC. But if you're not ready for something like that yet, 
I've got you. Head over to my website, jennifersherwood.com and hit the relief right now button. I'll send three ridiculously simple steps to go from overwhelm to ease. 